Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Well, amen. It's good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. Oh, it's good to see you. I'll give the Lord a hand. I don't know that I've ever enjoyed worship any more than just this morning. My goodness, Zach, what a, what a great job. Band, thank you all for taking us into worship and for helping us to be able to come together as a church and sing the praises of God. Can't say enough good things about Connect Church and, and what I think about Connect Church. Um, your staff is just, they're just the best. And in my life, personally speaking, you know, I, I don't have a closer friend as far as I'm in this life than, uh, than Anthony. And I thank God for Anthony. And I, I stop and I look at Erin and I remember watching her grow up. And I look at Zach and watch the way that God has gifted him and watching him in this place lead you all. And to watch Dominic come and to love young people and, and, and what a fantastic job he's doing with that. But Really, there's, there's no weak spot that I see. You all have a lot to be thankful for in this place. Amen? Amen. Go Connect Church. Go Connect Church. Connect this, this community into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. I'm blessed to be here. I'm Scott Carter. Um, was at First Baptist Sevierville for 25 years as the youth guy there. And um, it's, it's been my blessing to get to know a good number of the folks here today. Greatest blessing in my life is knowing Jesus Christ. The, the joy of my life, the joy of my heart is knowing that um, God loves me, that he sent his son for me. And I'm here to share that truth with you all this morning. Thought long and hard about what to be able to share. And there's, there's so many things that a person could share on a Sunday like this. But I think this morning we're going to talk about U-turns. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever thought much about U-turns, but you know, whenever you're driving, um, I hope you think about them because sometimes if we don't make a U-turn, we're going to be in serious trouble. Uh, you know, I was just watching the news the past couple of weeks. There have been some very serious wrecks in Knoxville where somehow they took their eyes off the road and ended up going the wrong way. And if y does anybody know what I'm talking about? And they ended up being in very serious crashes, and I believe one of them potentially even, even deadly. And people ask the questions, well, how could they miss the wrong way sign? How could they miss the do not enter? You know, how could they not have done that and made a U-turn? You know, I'm going to tell you, spiritually speaking, we have to be very careful to pay attention to the fact that sometimes that we as Christians need to make U-turns. We need to sometimes, you know, just like we talked about with the Lord's Supper, we need to examine our lives at times to make sure of where we're going to understand clearly the direction that our lives are taking us. We want to make sure that that lines up with the Word of God. I remember being in Nashville um, on, a, on a weekend, and I was up there for an event, and I was speaking, and I was running a little bit late. It was dark. Now, I'm going to be honest with you all. I don't have one of those internal GPSs. There's nothing inside of me that clicks and says, go this way and you'll be all right. Or, and you'll, you'll get there. I just don't have it, man. I, I'm lucky to get any place. I just don't have that. But I, I remember that night in particular, it was raining. It was dark. I, I was tired. I'm old. And I, I remember going up this road and it was two lanes. And I assumed that the right lane, which I was in, was for me, for, for those of us that were heading this way. And I assumed that the other lane was for oncoming traffic. And I looked up the way and I saw 
a car coming and another car, and I thought, well, that car sure needs to hurry up and pass that car. And then I could see your headlights behind that car, and then another set of headlights. And suddenly, finally, my brain clicked. You're going the wrong way. This is a two-lane, but it's all one way, and you ain't going the right way. And I was in trouble. Man, I, and thank the Lord, I had just enough time to make that quick U-turn because it was two lanes and turn myself around and get going, and I tried to pretend in my driving that it never happened. But I scared me half to death when I realized that I was going the wrong way, and it got my attention. Sometimes I think, as Christians, we need to pay attention. We need for God to get our attention. This morning, I want us to talk about U-turns. There's so many scriptures, so many illustrations that we could use when it comes to that. But we're going to use this morning the book of Luke, chapter 15, and we're going to find Jesus. He's got some Pharisees around. He's got some, um, some, some scribes around. They're very negative. They don't like anything he has to say. But Jesus was reaching out to sinners that day. Aren't you glad Jesus reaches out to sinners' church? He was reaching out to sinners and was reaching out, the Bible says, to tax collectors. And people really hated tax collectors. And so the, the, the Pharisees are watching. And he starts sharing these parables. But the one we're going to talk about this morning in depth is the parable of the prodigal son. So this morning I want to ask you just to take your Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to read just for a minute some scriptures here that I believe that God will use this morning to help us, okay? Luke chapter 15, and we're going to start with verse 11. It reads like this. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. I want you all to watch with me. You have a young man here in particular. And I want you, if you're taking notes, this is the, this is the rebellious son. This is a son that, man, he's not showing any respect to his father. He'd been in this home, been loved by the father, but he goes up to his dad. And he tells his dad this. Dad, I want my portion of my inheritance. In, in those days, Jewish custom was that you definitely did not, and it is today pretty well with us. You don't ask your folks for your inheritance until they die. But I want my share of inheritance. Please divide it now and give me mine. And really what he was saying to his dad is, I wish you were dead. If you were dead, I would get it, so just give it to me. And for whatever reason, the father stops, he looks at the son, and he gives him his inheritance. Now, I've had people ask me, Scott, why do you think he did that? Well, I'm not certain, but I do think this. I do think that he definitely did not want anybody standing beside him or being in the home that didn't want to be there. He didn't want to make him love him. He didn't want to make him stay. So because he loved him, he allowed him to leave. This morning, we're going to be talking about U-turns. Let's have us a prayer. Father, we love you. 
We bless you. We thank you for the blessing of being here this morning. It's so good to to be able to read your word, to have it direct us. Thank you, Jesus, for sharing this parable about this son. And I pray that, Lord, that we'll learn from it. We love you. We ask that you will be done in this place. If there's anyone here today that don't know you in a personal, living relationship, may this be the day of salvation for them. For the Christian that may be wondering, may they come home today. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. What you're going to look at this morning is the story of this rebellious son who has just definitely gotten to a place in his life that he doesn't want his dad's influence and he takes off. And so here he goes to the far country and he went and probably took off going as fast as he could. Stops and he looks at his wallet. <laughs> Mine's sort of pitiful, but he looks at his, his wallet's full. He's ready to go. He's got plenty of money. He's got an inheritance. A whole lot more, I'm sure, than he could put in his pocket. But I want you to catch with me. He takes off, and life is looking good. Everything that he had wanted to do and couldn't do in the daddy's house, he can now do. He can party if he wants to. Nobody's going to be here to tell me who to run with. Nobody's going to be here to tell me how to act. I'll do what I want to, how I want to, and when I want to. And he was living it up. And at that point, he had plenty of friends. At that point, as long as he had the money, as long as things were great, everything was was good with his friends, and he had plenty. But what he did not pay attention to was that there was a famine in the land. Now, he had money, so the famine didn't mean much. But he didn't know how to budget his money. And he turns around, and he spent his entire inheritance in no time. Now watch this with me. And then the young man turns around and he realizes, and there's a famine in the land, and I'm in trouble. And he began to realize the depth of his trouble. Watch this with me. As he takes a look at his circumstance, he remembers, I'm in a foreign land. I don't know these people, and they don't know me. They didn't have government handouts like they do today. And he was in a serious mess. He's stopping and he's looking at this situation in this strange land with these strange people. And he has no real friends. He has no relatives there. He has no one to go to in this place that he's gotten himself. He's bankrupt. He's miserable. He's starving. He's lonesome. And he finally begins to realize the error of his way. Now watch this with me. First of all, you've got this young man man that was rebellious, doing things his way and only his way. But all of a sudden, he began to look at his circumstances. And he remembered home. If you've got your Bibles, continue to look with me here. And I want you all to, to, to watch this with me. Look over there in verse 14. It's pretty strong. And it reads, it reads like this. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. The only thing he knew to do at that point was to try to find a job. And now he is slopping pigs. Catch this with me. And remember this. For a Jew, there was nothing lower than feeding pigs. And here he is. And he's looking at his circumstances. 
And scriptures keep going here in verse 15. And then he went and joined himself as citizen of that country. They sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But verse 17, I want you to listen carefully. Watch this phrase. But when he came to himself, he came to himself. Would you all say that with me? He came to himself. Listen, open your mouths. Help me. One, two, three. He came to himself. One more time. He came to himself. What does that mean that he came to himself? He saw things differently. He realized the mess that he was in. He got back to his old self. He's getting his senses back. He's beginning spiritually to also get an idea because the words that he begins to share is as he begins to look at his circumstances he then goes on and he says I will arise and go to my father and say to him I have sinned against heaven and before you spiritually speaking God was at work in this young man's life and in this mess that he was in God was there for him and this mess that he was in God was still reaching out to him and I want you to know something maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're in a mess. You know, the devil's a liar. And if we're not real careful, we can get off course so quick. Isn't it the truth? We turn around one day and everything's great and we're with the Lord. And then we turn around and our hearts have gotten cold. We've gotten away from our quiet time. We've gotten to a place in our lives, spiritually speaking, that when we pray we don't even feel like He's there anymore. And we don't know what to do. This young man came to his senses. And he begins to remember. I want you to watch with me. You have a rebellious son. You have a broken son. You have a broken son when he looks and he says to himself. And he said this to himself the first time. I know that I've sinned against my father. And I know that I've sinned against my heavenly father. And I would rather be a hired hand with my dad than to be in this mess. He came to his senses. Maybe this morning, God has orchestrated your presence here to help you to get on the right way, to make that U-turn, to save you from serious trouble that is lying right before you. So first of all, you have a son that is rebellious. Second of all, you have a son that is a broken son. He's in a mess. He's alone. He's sad. He's hungry. And he's beginning to want to repent. And he's taking a look at his situation. I can imagine if you could have seen the son, at that point, as he gets ready to go home, you're going to see his clothes. And I imagine that they're not all nice and new anymore. They've been the kind of clothes that you wear when you've been feeding pigs. And his designer clothes all of a sudden didn't smell so good after all. I'm sure he lost weight. But the boy is ready to go home. I want you to pay attention to this repentant son as he gets ready to go back to his father. He's on his way. And I'll tell you what, this is, this is my favorite part of the whole story. I really like the part where it says he came to himself. That's good. But the best part is the father's response to his son because the father's response in this story is reflective of the way that God receives us when we get off course. So let's pay real close attention here. Verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands and servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger, I'll arise and I'll go to my father. 
Now look over there in verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him. His father saw him coming. Now watch this with me. Remember, this is a picture of the way that God receives us sinners. And the father is looking for his son to come back. This is not a picture of a person that is lost. This is, a this is a story of a person that was in the father's house, that knew the father, had a relationship with the father, but got away from the father, and he needs to come home. And he's making his way home, and his father is on the porch looking for him. His father is keeping an eye out for his son. He's been praying for his boy. He's been looking for his son, just waiting. He didn't run after the son. He waited for the son to come to him. And all of a sudden, that day, he looks out and he sees this figure. And it hits him. I've seen that walk before. It's my son. Some would have considered it indignant in that day for a person to stamp Jewish customs. Old people did not run out like that. That daddy couldn't help himself. He was overwhelmed with love, overwhelmed with heart, overwhelmed with the way that God had answered his prayer. And that old man stands up and he takes off and he runs the best he can, going as fast as he can to his son. And the Bible says that he grabbed his son, wrapped his arms around him, that he kissed his neck, looked at his son and told him that he loved him. That is a picture of the way that God loves you and me. Amen? Oh, isn't it good that God forgives us? Isn't it good that He cares for us? Isn't it good that He don't give up on us? And maybe, just maybe, you're here this morning. And God is on the very porch of heaven. And He's looking off that porch of heaven. Just waiting for you to look to Him. And He is ready to meet you. All you have to do is just run to him in repentance and he's running to you with grace and mercy. He'll forgive you as far as the east is from the west and he's not one of those that remembers your sin. He forgets your sin and he'll wash you white as snow. That's good news. Amen. Oh, it's good to be able to be reminded of these truths. I love this part of scripture. Let's, let's read about it. So you've got the son. He's excited. He's running back home. He's gotten close. Dad sees him. And the Bible says in verse 20, And he arose and came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, kissed him. And, and, and the son said, and he starts the speech that we talked about earlier. And watch this speech because he starts, but the dad stops him. Listen, father, can you imagine how nervous he was? He took his dad's money, inheritance, and he's lost it. He smells like pig. He's in a mess. He has nothing to offer his father except, here I am. Watch this. And the father said to, uh, well, he started his, his spiel. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. And the next part that if we had followed before carefully, he would have said, and I'm willing to be your hired servant. But his daddy stops him. And he says this, 
Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And bring out a ring and put it on his hand. And bring the sandals and put it on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine which was dead is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to be merry. They celebrated the truth that the son was home. Bring me a robe. Why a robe? Because the robe showed his protection. The father was saying, I will protect you. I'm here for you. I'll take care of you. Bring not just a robe. What robe? The, the best. Bring the best robe I've got. And I'll protect you. And I'm going to wrap you up in this robe. You're my boy. And you bring a ring. I don't know if you've ever had a family ring before. Did you ever get a ring that ever had your initial on it and you was proud of that initial because it was yours? Did you ever have a ring like that? I remember getting a big old C, Cody, when I, was, when I was a teenager. Man, I was proud of that C on my ring, you know? I remember pressing it against my skin so I could make me a little tattoo on my skin with, with my C ring, you know what I mean? But he said, bring a ring. Why? Why a ring? Because it meant that he was welcomed back into the family. A family ring. A ring that said, he's mine. And bring sandals. Why sandals? Because he was poor. He had gotten to a mess and he was barefooted. And the servants went barefooted. But not my boy. You bring me the best robe. You bring me a ring. And I'm going to put some sandals on your feet. And we're going to have a feast. Because my son that was dead, he's alive. He was lost. But he's found. If Amazing Grace had been written, he said, but then he's blind, but now he sees. <laughs> he was so thrilled that his son was home. That is an illustration to you and to me of the way that God receives you and me when we turn to him for forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ never came to condemn you. He never came to put his foot on you and to make you feel small. He never came to hold you back. He came to set you free. He came to love you. He came to save you. We took the Lord's Supper this morning. What a beautiful, what a beautiful time that we're able to come and remember the way that Jesus gave himself for you and for me. He did that so you could make that U-turn. Without the cross, we wouldn't be able to have a U-turn. Two U-turns we need to pay attention to. The first U-turn is finding a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. Without a relationship with Jesus, we're going to hell. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, the road that you're on will lead to death and destruction. But when you look at the cross, whoo! And I see Jesus on that cross. And I know that the reason that he stayed on that cross was not because the nails kept him there. No, no. It wasn't the heaviness of the people that kept him there. No, no. What kept Jesus on that cross was his incredible, powerful love for you and for me. I love you. I'll save you. Just come to me. Have you ever made that U-turn in life where you turn from death to life? Where you ask Jesus to save your soul. Have you ever done that? Scott, how do I do that? Oh, the Bible tells us this. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want forgiveness of your sins, confess your sins and stand against them and you'll be saved. 
Only Jesus could provide that gift for you and for me. And for those of us that have found it, it means everything. Amen? Amen. This morning, maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you're like the second part that I was talking about when it comes to making a U-turn. Like the sun. Maybe you're a child of God, but man, you've wandered off. And you need to come home. Now listen to me. I believe that God may have orchestrated your being here this morning to give you that opportunity to turn it around. Some of you all, if you don't pay attention and examine yourself and understand the seriousness of where you are spiritually heading, you're going to lose your family. Hear what I'm saying. You've got a chance right now to get back on the right path and to come home to the Father. He's on the porch looking for you. If you're not careful, what you're flirting with is going to turn to an addiction and it'll destroy your life. Be careful. The devil does not care for you. He will lie to you and he'll paint a pretty picture just like he did for the prodigal son and he ran as fast as he could into the world. But he came back to the Father and this morning, just maybe God's got your attention. Let's bow our heads. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Scott, you talked a few minutes ago about a relationship with Jesus. I don't know for certain if I died that I would go to heaven. I don't know for certain that I have that living relationship that Jesus died for me to provide me that opportunity to know Him. But I want to know Him. I want to be saved. I want to know that I'm a Christian. I want to know that I can go to heaven. I don't want to guess so salvation. I want to know so salvation. I want to ask you to pray this with me. Pray it from your heart. Mean it with every fiber of your body. And it'll go all the way to the throne of God. Pray this with me. Father in heaven, I ask you today to save my soul. I surrender my all to you. I believe you love me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And I'm opening my heart and inviting you in this day. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now with your head still bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you say, Scott, I prayed that prayer with you, and I meant it with every fiber of my body, I did ask him to save me. Would you give me the honor of looking up? I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. I won't make you feel awkward if you say, hey, but I did pray that. And I meant business with God. I've asked him to save me. Would you look up at me so I can see you? Just hold you. There you go. Somebody else. Scott, I prayed that prayer just now. I prayed and asked. There you go. Somebody else. Scott, I prayed that prayer and I meant it. Amen. I wasn't kidding. Amen. Just look at me. That is the most single important decision that you will ever make in your life. I want to ask you to do something. If you look at the screen right now, you're going to see a phone number. If you will text your first name to that phone number, somebody this week will contact you and help you to better understand this decision and rejoice with you and celebrate with you. I want to ask everybody to look up right now. Look at me. But maybe you're like the other part of the invitation. Maybe you're the Christian that needs to come home. Maybe you're the Christian that has lost your way. I want to ask you to do something for me for about 10 seconds. Right now, when I count to, to three, I want to ask you to do this. I want you to take 10 seconds 
and examine your life and is there a sin or something going on in your life that rises to the top and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you need to stop this right now or you're going to be in trouble. One, two, three. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Let's bow our heads. If you say, Pastor Scott, I saw it. I know what it is. And I want to confess my sins and I want to run home to the Father. I want forgiveness. And I want to get back on the right road. I don't want to stay on this road. This is as far as I go. I stop right now. I make a U-turn in my life. I make a U-turn back towards my Father. Pray a prayer that says, I'm sorry, Father. I'm sorry, Jesus, for what I've done. I'm sorry that I put you second place in my life. I want to shine for you. Thank you for being a God of forgiveness. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can look up now. Maybe this morning God has spoke to your hearts. And I could see in a lot of you that He has. I want to ask you to do this. If you need anything, anything at all, make sure, make sure. There's a tent right outside here. It's, it's a place where the team will be, the ministry team, to receive you. They'll be glad to talk to you. They'll be glad to talk to you all that prayed to receive Jesus. They're just waiting for you. Church, I love you. I thank God for you. Can we celebrate Jesus in this place right now? Say thank you for being a God of U-turns. Thank you for being a God of second chances. Amen. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.